In uh, praying about today and the upcoming weeks and this season, I was impressed to begin a new series this morning. And I'm excited about it. And I, I want us to release our faith. Let's just pray right now. And we're praying not only for right now, but we're praying for the whole series. We're praying for what will come out. And how many remember that what comes out here affects other people, other places, and other times. Folks could be feeding on these things 10 years from now. The Lord tears is coming. And so it's very important that it comes out all that he would and it comes out right. So let's believe. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree as touching these things, asking you for perfect utterance, asking you for divine direction, that you would unveil and reveal to us your will, your ways, your plans, your purposes, what is true and what is not, what is right and what is not right. And we ask that you'd give us and those that would listen and see after us eyes to see and ears that hear and hearts and minds open and discerning and understanding and grace to will and to do of your good pleasure. And we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, but to be doers of what you show us. And we know as we do and when we do You're faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. And we thank you for that in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say amen. That means so be it. So be it. The things that we're getting into this morning have been going over in my heart and mind for a long time, years. But especially throughout this year so far, it just has kept coming up to me, kept coming up to me. And it's kind of like been a big pot on the back burner. You know, just simmering and and how many of some things need to cook for a while? And and um, it's something, some things I've known a little bit about, but I'm getting more light on. And you know how these things work uh, again and again in these series. We've started out in one place and before we're through, the Lord has got us to a whole different place because that's just how he is. He, he does exceeding abundantly above what you asked or thought. So we've prayed and the Lord's heard our prayer. These phrases have uh, have, have bothered me. And uh, I've known a few things about why, but we're going to get into them now. Some things that are widely held by probably the majority of Christian folks. But they need to be examined. Because there are some things interwoven and attached to them that are simply not right. And it's hindering folks. Statements like these. God is in control. Have you heard that? And God has a purpose for everything. I just believe there's a reason. For everything. (laughs) God is sovereign. (laughs) What does that mean? Is the word sovereign. Even in the Bible. Anywhere. Is it? A lot of your modern translations. Put it in there. But. 
Search the scriptures. I can't see that it's in there anywhere. If it's not even a verse that says God is sovereign, why would you be so adamant about it and make such a big deal out of it? What does it mean? Can you tell it's already quiet? (laughs) You have to watch about taking a truth and making it the only truth. All the scriptures agree. And there are some real problems with the things that we're talking about. There there are some folks that are adamant. I know the first year I was speaking in this church that we started, there was a guy came down and caught me a minister after the service. And he was upset. And he said, God is sovereign. He's very adamant about it. God is sovereign. And if he wants to do something, it's going to be done. I don't care what you think or I think. God is sovereign. Where is that verse? Friends, let's discipline ourselves and let's examine our beliefs, right? I know when I, the first year I was there at Ramah Bible School, the Lord spoke that to my heart in a time of seeking him. He, I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me very specifically, he said, Keith, examine everything you believe, everything you believe uh, find it in the scriptures. No exceptions. It was a charge to me. And so, as the days went by, something had come up and he'd remind me, where is that at? So I'd begin my search. Some things, I found it, and yeah, that's right. But other things, I searched and searched. And I could not find it anywhere. I actually found some scriptures that contradicted it. So, and sometimes I eventually realized I heard a preacher say that when I was 10 years old. I heard grandpa always said that. And it was wrong when they said it. (laughs) And it's still wrong today. (laughs) What did the word actually say? Not what somebody twisted it to say or added to or said, well, that's what he meant. No, let's just let him say what he said, right? I actually had another guy, uh, this is years ago, oh, this is 20 years ago or so plus now, I was preaching in a healing school, and um, a guy came down and said, you said such and such. I said, no, I didn't. He said, yes, you did. I said, no, I didn't. Don't think so. He said, you did. I was sitting in the service. You said it. I said, they have tapes. Find it. Bring it to me. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Next day he came. I said, what about it? He said, well, you didn't exactly say that. He said, but that's what you meant. (laughs) Oh, really? See, people have selective hearing. <laughs> they can hear what they want to hear, 
No matter what you said. And they can take what they heard and turn it into something else. And oh friends we got to watch that about the word of God. We should discipline ourselves. Did he actually say that? Where did he say that? And not assume and not presume and not just take people's blanket statements and just because so many people believe it, assume that it's right or so. Where did he say it? Where is it at? Let's examine some of these things. God is in control. God is in control. Of what? Of what? People say everything. God's in control of everything. Is he? Let's start with you. Let's just go back as recently as yesterday. (laughs) God was in complete control of everything you said and did yesterday. Huh? Huh? Whether you ate cornflakes or raisin bran was the predetermined, foreordained, Will and plan of the Almighty. You were foreordained to eat cornflakes and could not have eaten raisin bran if you tried. (laughs) True or not? Come on now, you can't have it both ways. Is God in complete control of everything? Everywhere you went yesterday was the predetermined foreordained (laughs) everything you bought everything you ate everything you ate everything you ate (laughs) was the foreordained predestined will of God (laughs) huh (laughs) well if there's some stuff that wasn't the predestined foreordained will of God, then there's other stuff. God is sovereign. God is in control. And these are pillars of Christian conviction. Aren't they? Where did it say it? Is that what it said? Or have folk just made up some things? Now, (laughs) it's quiet in here. (laughs) You're believing with me, right? We're believing. Where can we find the answers to these kind of things? Where? Only one place. Not your opinion, not mine. Not any preachers or theologians. The scriptures are the only acceptable final answer. On the subject. Right? I know I've. uh, I've talked to people. Young people. That were getting a hold of God. You know and you got to watch about. Youth in the Lord. And of course you can be 70 years old. And be a baby in the Lord. Youth. Can be zealous. But ignorant. And uh, this one young man was trying to tell me. He said now. I'm telling you, God's in control. God is in control. And if it's not his will, it can't happen. 
and nothing happens except it's his will. God is in control. He said, if I step out in the road there in front of that truck, if it's not God's will for me to die, I can't die. Really? <laughs> really? And he was controlling whether you ate cornflakes or raisin bread, whether you wore a red shirt or a white one. Was foreordained from before the foundation of the world. Whether you wore brown socks or black. You got folks that are just claiming God's will, God's will, God's will, God's will, God's will. Must not be God's will. Must be God's will. Must not be. Well, if God wanted me to have a job, I'd have a job. (laughs) Must not be the will of God for me to have a job. So it was the predestined, foreordained plan of God for you to lay on the couch and watch TV all day. (laughs) That was God's amazing, wise plan. Well, if God wanted me to be married, I'd be married. Wanted me to have a spouse, I'd have one. If it happens, it was his will. If it don't, it wasn't. It's up to him. He's in control. And you see people in situations that are heartbreaking and terrible things. And and Christians and preachers telling each other, you know, well, God must have had some reason. He must have had some reason and all these people dying this horrible death. God must have some purpose. He must have some reason. Really? I think it's obvious that we're not in control of everything. I said we. Anybody agree about that? I think it's obvious. We're not in control. Of everything. There's a lot of things we can't control. Can't control, can't change. But, on the other hand, is God making all the decisions? Is He? Are all the things that are happening on the planet His choice? His will? His pleasure? So, what's the truth? The truth is the word, not added to, not taken from, not twisted around. Can you say amen? Amen. Some folks quote and say, well, yeah, but you know, the Bible says all things work together for good. That's part of a verse. Go to it. Romans 8. Romans 8. 28. What does it say? We know. That all things work together for good. Is that the end of the end of the sentence? End of the phrase? No. Well, everything everything works out for the best. Everything all you know, God has a purpose. We may not understand it, but everything always works out for the best. Really? Really? Everything always works out for the best for everybody? Really? No. All things work together for good to a specific group of people. To them that what? Does everybody love God? Of course not. 
So is everything working out just as good for people who don't even believe in God as for those who love God? There's not. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, that love him. No. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy, and let's begin to see some answers to these things. Listen to the language that, that a lot of folks use in talking about. They say, well, it must be the will of God, or it must not be. What kind of language is that? That's the language of someone who doesn't know. It may be, it could be, that means they don't know, don't have a clue. They're guessing, right? In uh, Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, you begin to see revelation that will answer some of these questions. Before we do that, let me just back up a little bit. Don't, you don't have to turn to these. They'll put them up on the screen for us. But let me, let me say some things that we do know and we do believe. In uh, Isaiah, for instance, the 46th chapter, Isaiah 46, 9, put that up for us, please. He said, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Can we believe that? Absolutely. Verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times. The things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. Can we believe that? Should we believe that? Absolutely. Does that necessitate. That he's making every decision for us. Does that mean that too? Can you see what we're talking about? People have taken a truth and then they've applied it to mean things that it didn't say. Let's just stay with what it said. And if we don't understand how all of it works out, just say, I don't understand. But I know this. This is true. Right? He is this way. Verse 11. Keep reading. He said, yea, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Talking about the things he said was going to happen. The things he said he would accomplish and would transpire. How many can accept that? Absolutely. But does that mean he's making everybody's decisions in the world for them? And that they have no options and choice? That's not the same thing. Go with me to Acts. The 15th chapter and 18th verse. Acts 15, 18. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Do you believe that? We can believe that. Acts 17, 26 and 27. God has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. 27. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. Can I believe that? Oh, yeah. yeah. But you got to watch about going further and say, well, that means this. <laughs> Let's just stay with what he said. Right? Don't add to it. Don't take from it. Don't change it. Just, but believe what he said. But don't turn it into something else. You see the picture of how God has always been with mankind. 
In Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, and really throughout that book, Deuteronomy 11 and 26, he said, Deuteronomy 11 26, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. A curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Everybody say if. 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 If you will and if you will not result in two very different outcomes. If you will, blessed. If you won't, cursed. If God is in complete control of everything, there is no if. There can be no if. If what's going to happen in our life has been predetermined, no matter what we do or don't do, then uh, there there can be no if. But if there's an if, it means it's not all up to him. It's not all up to him. Anybody remember Jesus teaching the disciples and us to pray? What is it? Matthew 6.10 or so. Put that up. Let me see if that's right or not. Matthew 6.10. What we call the Lord's Prayer. What did the Master say? Pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What? Thy will be done. Where? In earth. How? As it is in heaven. Now why would he tell us to pray that? If it's already being done. Why would we need to pray that it would be done? Right? In fact, why pray at all? (laughs) If God's going to do what he's going to do. No matter what you do. How would you pray? Oh, great sovereign God, I know you're going to do what you're going to do, no matter what I do. So why am I praying? (laughs) Just do what you're going to (laughs) do. No, he told us, pray that God's will would be done on the earth. The very fact that he says do that means it's not being done. It's not being done in its entirety or completely, and he wants it to be. How many believe the will of God is completely fulfilled in heaven? But is it exactly like that down here? Are you going to say that earth is doing as good as heaven? Surely not. (laughs) That the will of God is being affected and accomplished just as much in the earth as it is in heaven right now today, this Sunday. Huh? Huh? Surely you won't say that. Which reveals why you need to pray. Right? That God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
If God is in complete control of everything, there can be no if. And we definitely got some ifs. Don't we? Oh, man. You ought to go through this passage here and circle or underline every if. Oh, it's just every other verse. If, if, if. If you do this, and if you do this, and if you do, but if you don't, if you don't do, and if you don't do, and if you don't do, completely different lives, completely different results, completely different outcomes. So can you say both outcomes are equally the plan of God and the will of God? Hold your place in Deuteronomy and go over to 2 Kings 2. I want you to notice this. 2 Kings 2. This is the story of Elijah and Elisha. And the time when Elijah was about to be taken up. And Elisha, you know, was hanging with him that day close. He had told him two or three times, you can stay here. You don't have to go. He said, oh, no, no, I'm staying. I'm staying with you. Where you go, I'm going. And some of the other young prophets were saying, did you know? You know the Lord's going to take your master today? He says, I know it. Hush. That's why you couldn't pry him apart with a crowbar that day. But anyway, it came right down to it. Second Kings 2 and 9. It came to pass when they were going over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I be taken away from you. And Elisha said, he didn't have to think. He knew exactly. It was on his vision list. He said, I... I want a double portion of the spirit that's on you, on me. That's what I want. That's what I want. Verse 10. And Elijah said, if it is in God's plan. No, forget the if. It will be, Elisha, according to God's plan. Period. Huh? Elisha. Why even ask that question? Because you know that if it was meant to be, it will be. And if it was not meant to be, it will not be. And it was up to God. We'll see. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? He said, you've asked a hard thing. You, Elisha, you have hauled off and asked a big one, buddy. You, you ain't messing around. What's the next word? If. If. You see me. When I'm taken away from you. It shall be so to you. You'll get it. But. If not. It shall not be so. Something as important. As the strongest. Prophetic ministry. In the nation. In the world. His successor is not set in concrete. Are you listening to me, friends? That's why you couldn't say if. Do we believe these words or not? See, a lot of folks believe that, and they just shake their head. They don't want to accept that. Oh, no, no, no. It was always ordained that Elisha follow Elijah, and that had to be. That couldn't have been any other way. This says it could have been. 
If. Somebody say if. He said if you see me. When I go then you'll get it. But. 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 Do we believe this part or not? Do we believe it or not? But if you don't. If not. It shall not be so. It won't happen. Well you can see why he was sticking like glue that day. Right? I mean, he you can see why. He already had that in his spirit, didn't he? Amen. I got to stay and stick. And he did. And it was so, because he did see him. And he was there. Go with me to Deuteronomy. I know these are some so-called holy, holy sacred cows. I can hear them lowing, can't you? Whoa. <laughs> These are old cows. These cows been around for centuries, man. These are big, fat cows. <laughs> but they're still cows. They're not truth. They're a piece of truth with something else stuck onto it. And it's been working in my spirit strong for the last year or so. I'm excited. I'm believing for revelation. Are you believing with me? I just, I know in my spirit there is a bunch of stuff that has been accepted and believed about God that is junk. It's not right. And it's why folks are just in this rut and they're bored and they're not getting results because it's a bunch of junk. It ain't right. But when the veil gets pulled back and you see, (laughs) that's also when you get persecuted. Because it's different. And folks love their old cows. Oh, they love their old cows. They love their old sacred cows more than anything. Some do. But how about us? We're going to love the Word more than what grandma and them believed. Come on, more than any denomination or group or anything I always thought or you always thought. I'm saying, Lord, teach me. Show me. I want to know where I've thought wrong. Do you? Say it with me out loud. Lord, I want to know where we've thought wrong, where we've believed wrong. Anything we've accepted about you that's not true. Show us. Reveal it to us. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, get ready. But now part of it is what we've already been through. Part of it is us having the diligence and discipline to examine what we believe. Every time. Do what the Lord dealt with me to do back years ago that I'm still doing today. Every time you think of something you believe... Don't just go, well, yeah, we all believe that. No, where is it? And did it say that exactly? Or has some stuff been made up out of it? In Deuteronomy, we were in the 11th chapter. Skip on down to the 27th chapter. And down about verse 11. I moved too quick. Deuteronomy 11.26, put that up there. You don't have to move, but I didn't finish. The Lord said, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. Keep going. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Keep going. 
A curse if you'll not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way I commanded you to go after other gods which you've not known. Keep going. And it'll come to pass, he said, when the Lord your God has brought you into the land where you go to possess it, that you shall put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Now this is the perfect picture of an answer to what we've been talking about. God said, when you come into the promised land, I want you to do this in front of the whole nation. You talk about doing something big. Two mountains. And he said, I want certain individuals. I want you to stand over on this mountain. And I want you to declare the curses. And certain individuals, you stand over here on this mountain. And you declare the blessings. What is that showing you? you got a choice. Right? You can go this way. Or you can go this way. You go this way, you get to curse. You go this way, you get to blessing. Now in, in the 27th chapter, keep reading. Verse 11, Moses charged the people that same day. He said, these shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you come over to Jordan. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these will stand upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali. And the Levites will speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice, Cursed be any man that makes a graven or molten image. Verse 16, Cursed he that sets light by his father or mother. Cursed he that removes a neighbor's landmark. Cursed he that makes the blind to wander out of the way. Cursed he that perverts judgment of a stranger. And the 20, 21, 22, 23 is cursed those that uh, are immoral sexually. Cursed be uh, he that smites his neighbor secretly, verse 24. Cursed be he that takes reward to slay an innocent person. And in chapter 28, it'll come to pass if, if you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all the commandments which I command you this day. The Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. If, everybody say if, if you'll hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, fruit of your cattle, increase of your kind, blessed shall you be in your basket and store, blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing upon you in your storehouses. And in all that you set your hand unto, he'll bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Verse 11, the Lord will make you plenteous in goods. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Verse 15, but it'll come to pass if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 16, cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed in the field. Cursed in your basket. Cursed, cursed, cursed. Now skip on down. To the 30th chapter. And the 11th verse. And this is the um, good news translation I'm going to read. He said the command that I'm giving you today is not too difficult or beyond your reach. It's not up in the sky. You don't have to ask who's going to go up and bring it down for us. So we can hear it and obey it. Keep going. Nor is it on the other side of the ocean. You don't have to ask who will go across the ocean and bring it to us so that we may hear it and obey it. This is quoted in the book of Romans. You remember reading it? Verse 14. Now it's here with you. You know it and can quote it. So now do it. Obey it. You know. See, 
this God's in complete control. God is sovereign. This, this adamant thing is a convenient belief. It's a convenient doctrine. Why? It's what I call no fault religion. What does that mean? No matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen, not my fault. We can always call and say, God's will. It is the unexplainable, mysterious will of God. Ran out of cornflakes. Will of God. Dog got out. Got in the garbage can. Will of God. (laughs) Overslept and was late for church. (laughs) Will of God. Must have been, must have been God's will. He was working something out. Now we believe that those who love him and those who are endeavoring to follow him, he is going to cause things to work out together for their good. And those that ask him, he is going to get involved in their life. Right? But to say that everything that is happening everywhere for everybody is somehow the will of God? Where is that at? In the scriptures. No. This is the scripture we're reading right now. And it says, let's keep reading. He said, it's here with you. Verse 15. Oh, friend, this is an answer if you'll receive it. Verse 15, what does it say? Today, I, who's I? Who's talking here? God's talking. Today, I am giving you a choice between good and evil, between life and death. If he gives you the choice, then after that, whose choice is it? His, if he gives you a choice, then whose choice is it after that? His choice? It's up to him. No. Now here's a great truth, saints. You can't leave up to God what he left up to you. Folks are trying to do this all over the place. Well, it's just up to God. Is it really? Whether you ate cornflakes or raisin bran is up to God. Really? Whether you wore a blue shirt or a pink one? Up to God? Really? (laughs) All the stuff that's happening on the earth right now? Up to God? He's in complete control of all the atrocities? Of all the evil that's being perpetrated on people? That is his predestined? foreordained plan that we just can't understand let's read it today God said I'm giving you a choice said out loud he gave me a choice I'm giving you a choice between good and evil between life and death keep reading if there's that word again <laughs> if you obey the commands of the Lord your God which I give you today If you love him, if you obey him, if you keep all his laws, then you will prosper. 
You'll become a nation of many people. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are about to occupy. Glory to God. You'll get it. You'll enjoy it. You'll be blessed. You'll be a blessing. Why? Because God chose it for you and you had no choice. It was going to happen. Whether No, no. Because you made the right choice. You made the right choice. Keep reading. But if. We got an if. We also got a but if. Do these matter? Remember now, don't take my word for it. Examine the scriptures. Think about this. If God is really in complete control of everything and everybody, there can be no if. But if you disobey and refuse to listen and are led away to worship other gods, keep reading, you'll be destroyed. And I warn you here and now, you will not live long in that land across the Jordan that you're about to occupy. We got two completely different outcomes. Right? Now notice this. You got one scenario where you're not going to live very long. Today Christians would, would try to comfort each other and say, well, I know they died at 23, but God must have had some purpose. There's a reason for everything. Well, yeah, there's a reason. But it doesn't mean it was God's choice. If you read 1 Peter, you'll find that he talks about suffering and glory. In that epistle, 1 Peter, the whole epistle. And you'll see he mentions two distinct reasons why people suffer. Talking about Christians. One is suffering persecution Because of your faith and obedience to God. And for that there's grace. And there's a reward. But he also talks about suffering. Because of your own faults. And for that. There is no reward. That's just you went through it. For nothing. And it annoys me. To hear and see folks. That are suffering because of their own bad choices and mistakes. And they're trying to make it for the glory of God. I don't know why I'm going through all these things. But you know God knows. And in his mysterious plan. And and we just don't understand. Could it be because you made some bad choices. (laughs) And that there's there's not going to be any reward for this. You need to get out of it quickly as you can. By what? Making the right choice. Getting back over in the grace. And in the blessing. No, he mentions, you know, the Bible talks about it in Proverbs. There are things you can do that will add years to your life. And in the Psalms, in one place it says, bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. You can imagine. Like a bank robber. Bunny and Clyde. Pretty boy Floyd. You run around with a machine gun blaring. You keep doing it. You ain't going to live long. Right? And and the preacher stands by the graveside over pretty boy Floyd. And goes, God's plan is mysterious. And we just don't know why he takes them so. Yeah, we know why. 
He's robbing banks with a machine gun. That's how you die young. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with the perfect plan of God. Come on, are y'all with me now? It's like one fellow said, you know, they had this huge factory that was had a lot of big equipment and a lot of high voltage and stuff, and they had had a lot of deaths. And people said, well, you know, it was their time. It was their time. You know? Like one fellow asked about flying. He said, well, what if I get up in that plane and it comes time for the pilot to die? <laughs> well, if it's not your time, you won't. What did the scriptures say? Where's the verses for all this? That guy finally said, he said, you know, we found out that when people started following the safety rules, God didn't take near so many of them. (laughs) What are we saying? There's too much talk, God this, God this, God's doing this, God didn't let this, God made this, God, 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 when a whole lot of it is us, us, us. Verse uh, 19 we were down to. What does it say? What did he say? I am now giving you the choice. We've already heard this. He just keeps saying it, doesn't he? I'm now giving you the choice between life and death, between God's blessing and God's curse, and I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, friend, this is so important. There's going to be so many that are hollering about, well, God didn't give me this, and God, you know, kept me back from this, and he wouldn't bless me, and he wouldn't let me do that like he let these other people, all these kind of things. It's not fair. That's not fair. God's not fair. And it's coming a day when everybody's going to say, he's going to say, I call heaven and earth. And heaven and earth's going to say, we heard you, God. You told them it was their choice. So they can squawk and holler all they want to. But heaven was there, and earth was there, We heard you when you said it, Lord. You said it's your choice. You choose. Friend, if you look back in your life, back as a child when you're old enough to understand, back in junior high, high school, college, or prep school, or work, or the choices you made, the decisions you made, Decisions determine direction. Direction determines destination. Or destiny is a word off of the word destination. All the things that are happening in people's lives, the places they're winding up, is that because God chose that for them and that was his foreordained plan for their life? Or does it have anything to do with the choices they made? You got religious tradition and you got this book. Now which one you choose? (laughs) Choose. (laughs) What did it actually say? Read it again. Verse 19. I am now giving you the choice between life and death, between God's blessing and God's curse. And I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Choose life. God said it's your choice. But I'm going to tell you which one to choose now. (laughs) Choose life. But is he making people choose? Is he forcing people to choose the right one? No. No, he's not. He's not. 
Somebody said out loud, God gave me the choice. It's my choice. Not his. He gave it to me. So many things are like this. This is the thing I'm believing for. And I can already tell light's coming. Like, can you tell? Light's coming. This is going to change some things about how we see and how we operate. Brother Keith, you don't believe God is, is all-knowing and, and all-powerful and, and He knows the end from the beginning and, and that His plans and purposes are going to stand. I absolutely believe every one of those things. I do. But I believe that God in His power and in His knowledge and wisdom gave us the choice. Could He have done it differently? I suppose so. But He didn't. In his power and ability, he said, the choice is yours. And you can't leave up to him what he left up to you. Now, let me give you this example. Let's say that I'm a farmer. I've got fields. You're going to help me. And I got this field of corn. and I got tractors and equipment. And I got trucks and barns and silos and stuff. And, and I tell you, okay, I said, uh, that's my field, that's my stuff, that's my equipment, it's my land, my crop. But I want you to take care of it for me. And I, I'm giving you the authority to run any of the machinery, any of the fuel you need, any of the money you need, the fertilizer and the seed. You take care of what needs to happen so we get a good crop. Now I'll be checking back in with you regularly. If you need help, you call on me. But you do this for me. And so three weeks later, somebody comes by and you're sitting on the porch. And they say, uh, what about the corn crop? And you say, well, that's Brother Key's corn crop. Well, don't you need to get the ground ready? Don't you need to do this? Well, you know, that's Brother Key's crop. And he's going to do what he's going to do. And it's up to him. It's not up to me. Is that true? That's not true. I'm just waiting on Brother Key. Is that true? No. Now do I need to hold your hand and help you start the tractor and tell you every which road to start on? Hmm? Do I need to tell you every little detail of every second of every day? No, because you have a brain. And you can think. Right? Do we see parables like this that Jesus described? Exactly like this. Friend, he's left a lot of stuff up to us. He's given us a lot of freeway. He said, I'm giving you the choice. So choose life. Choose life. Somebody said out loud, I choose. I choose life. Go with me to Joshua, please, 24th chapter. This is uh, verse 14, and I'm going to read to you from the easy-to-read translation. Joshua said to the people, Now you've heard the Lord's words, so you must respect the Lord and sincerely serve Him. Throw away the false gods that your ancestors worshipped. That's something that happened a long time ago on the other side of the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Now you must serve only the Lord. But maybe you don't want to serve the Lord. 
Are there people that don't want to serve the Lord? Lots of them. Lots of them. Maybe you don't want to serve the Lord. You must choose for yourselves today. You got to choose. You got to choose. How many of you can choose to believe? You can choose to doubt. You can choose to receive it. You can choose to reject it. You can choose to do it. You can choose not to do it. Right? You can choose to remember it. You can choose to forget it. Huh? You can choose to come to church and hear messages like these. Or you can choose to lay up in the bed and forget about it. Huh? You can choose to believe K Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. And it ain't up to me. Huh? Or you can believe this. I said you can believe this, which is, how many understand, this is radically different from much of the church world. Isn't it? Oh, people, like I told you about the guys pointing their finger in my face. and You'll find this, people who are religious minded and legalistic but don't know God are very demanding. You'll find that about them. They're demanding. They're they're out to police the body. You know, straighten everybody out whether they like it or not. God is sovereign. You can tell by the way they say it. They don't know him. They don't know him at all. This is how the Pharisees sounded. This is how the Sadducees sounded. Head full of knowledge, nothing in the heart. Now, I'm not going to pretend to tell you that you and me nor you are going to understand now or in the next six months all about God's wisdom and his plans and his abilities and his power. He's awesome. I said, he's awesome. He, he's amazing. He's amazing. But these sweeping Blanket statements that he's running everything and controlling everything, and it's just not true. Scriptures contradict it. He said, You choose. You choose. He said, Verse 15, you must choose for yourselves. Today you must decide who you will serve. Will you serve the gods that your ancestors worshipped when they lived on the other side of the Euphrates River? Was it God's will when their forefathers chose to do that? If they chose to do it now, would it be the will of God? Will God let them do something that's not his will? Yes. Or will you serve the gods of the Amorites who lived in this land? You must choose for yourself. Tell your neighbor, so you got to choose for yourself. You got to choose for yourself. Because God's not going to choose for you. And I can't. And your mom and daddy can't. And your brother and sister can't. Tell the other person on the other side. So you got to choose for yourself. You you have to choose. Got to choose for yourself. (laughs) Do you or not? You got to choose for yourselves. But oh, I like what Joshua said here. But as for me and my house, my bunch, my family, we we have made our choice 
We've made our choice. We will serve the Lord. We're going to believe him. We're going to love him. We're going to pursue him. We're going to hear him. We're going to receive him. We're going to obey him. And it's going to be well with our soul. We're going to be blessed when we come in, when we go out. Blessed in our basket and store. Blessed what our hand finds to do. Blessed. Blessed. Friends, come on, can you see? You make the right decisions. You get the right results. You get the wrong decision, make the wrong decision. You get wrong, bad results. And if you're consistently getting bad results, what should you look at? Look at your choices. <laughs> Get a revelation. You zigged when you should have zagged. Right? You, you did this when you should have done that. Come on, really now. Things were going good. You were making progress. And then it quit. And you just started going down, down, down. How many of you need to look back? You need to look back and go, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. What happened here? Because the path of the just don't get darker and darker. It gets brighter and brighter until the full day sun. I know I was praying for a young man this several years ago. I'd prayed for him several times. And boy, he just, his, his life was going from bad to worse and then much worse. And so it came on my heart again one day I was, I was, when I was teaching in Raymond. And I was in my office one afternoon. I got off my chair and I knelt down. And I started praying for him. I said, God. And, and, and it was like the Lord didn't want to hear it. <laughs> he spoke to my heart. I don't mean to hurt a voice, but he spoke to my heart strong. He said, I gave him two things to do. I told him, get a job and keep it. I told him, go to church and be faithful. And until he does those things, nothing will change. And I got up off the floor. Sit down in my chair and I thought. See, how many understand there's a lot of stuff we don't know about all. We don't know what God has told people, what the choices that they've made and haven't made. But how many understand and believe God is never at fault? He's never lax for not helping somebody. What he is is long suffering. And patient while folks persistently make the wrong choices. Oh, but his mercy endures forever. How many know his mercy endures forever? As long as there's breath, there's hope, and God's on the throne. And you just, so I just sat there and said, well, Lord, I, I just ask you for mercy. Help him. And I prayed another prayer. I said, Lord, grant him repentance <laughs> to the acknowledging of the truth. That he may recover himself out of the snare of the devil. Repentance is a gift. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Look with me in in Philippians. We'll close with this. Philippians 1, Paul is speaking by the Spirit. And he has already, if you read Romans, you read 1 and 2 Corinthians, the other epistles, you'll see that, man, he's been through some stuff. You know, he recounts. Uh, in Corinthians about all the times he was beat and shipwrecked and betrayed and all that kind of thing. He's been in jail. But none of that 
Those things described was suffering because he messed up. That was him doing what the Lord told him to do. But in the middle of it, he had grace. He was healed. He was raised from the dead. He had his financial and material needs met, right? He's redeemed from the curse of the law. Though he's suffering for his faith and obedience. But now toward the end of his life in Philippians 1. He said, uh, verse 20, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness is always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. We talked about that in our last series of victory over death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let me read this to you from the uh, the New Century Version, the NCV. To me, the only important thing about living is Christ. And dying would be profit for me. If, somebody say if. 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 There's that word. If I continue living in my body, I'll be able to work for the Lord. I do not know what to choose. Living or dying. Boy, now all kind of Theologians would jump on Paul at this point. They'd say, Paul, 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 Paul. God. <laughs> Sovereign. And for you to imagine that you have anything to do with when you die is preposterous. Apparently he didn't know that. And if he didn't know it, you don't need to know it. Right? Oh, no, 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 now, now. God's in control. And it is appointed unto man a time to die. That's a misquote of the scripture. Scripture didn't say that. It said it's appointed unto man once to die. Not a time. We've already shared scriptures that showed you could add to or cut in half. And... Paul, when your number's up, maybe 2.30 on a Wednesday afternoon or maybe early in the morning on a Saturday, but when your, when your number's up, apparently not. I said apparently not because Paul is saying which one I'm going to choose, I don't know yet. Can you accept this? Keep reading. It's hard to choose between the two, he said. He's acting like he's actually got something to do with this. Isn't he? I want to leave this life and be with Christ, which is much better. Keep going. But you need me. You need help. <laughs> Others have been in that same <laughs> dilemma many times since then. They, I'm ready to go. I'd like to whew, get out of here. And then they look at their family and their friends, the people they minister to, and go, boy, you still got a ways to go, though, don't you? I mean, you do need a lot of help. <laughs> go, stay. Go, stay. Which one will I choose? Is that Bible? Is that New Testament? Yes, it is. is it or not? How many understand if it wasn't true? It wouldn't be in here. If Paul had nothing to do with this, 
And, and none of it was up to him. And he had no choice or say in the matter of when and how. This could not be in here. If God's in complete control, there can be no if. We definitely got an if. Don't we? (laughs) It's hard to choose, he said. Between the two. I wot not which I shall choose, King James says. I want to leave this life and be with Christ, which is much better, but you need me here in the body. And you see him make his decision here. Verse 25. Since I'm sure of this, I know I will stay with you to help you grow and have joy in your faith. (laughs) You'll be very happy in Christ Jesus when I'm with you again. He said, man, I want to go. I want to go. I want to check out my mansion. I want to see Jesus. I want to see my loved ones. I'm getting tired of this stinky place. But I could help you. And you need my help. But it'd be so great to go. But look at you. Okay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to live. And declare the works of God. I'm going to stay. And work some more. And help you. Now see. With a lot of folks. They find that kind of talk. Insulting to God. That a man is going to stand up and say, no, I'm I'm going to stay. I'm going to live. And I'm going to stay a while longer. I choose to live. I choose to stay. That meant getting through some things. Getting through the hardships of prison or any challenges that would come against him in his body or mind or anything else. You got to, you got to win some battles. You got to overcome. But do you believe that when you choose in line with God's plan and will. When you and he want the same thing. Come on, are you listening to me? You and he want the same thing for the same reasons, to the same end and purpose and plan. You become invincible. You become unconquerable because who's bigger than God? But can you choose to leave him and forsake him and do your own thing? Can you choose to give up and quit when you know you should keep going and do something else? Can you choose to rebel, have your own way when you know you should hook and submit and follow through? Oh yeah, you do, I do, every day we got a will. We got choices to make, don't we? Every day in the world, you can choose right, you can choose wrong. I like what Joshua said, don't you? Let's say it again. As for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.